What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. You know, as we discuss identity, we can't dismiss or overlook something that tends to distort, hinder, and or blur our identity. It creeps up on all of us in one way or another, whether we like it or not, at some point in life, some earlier, some later. But there is something that tends to hinder, distort, or or blur our true identity. And that thing is called insecurity. The way that you just said, mmm, I I, I sense that you felt it down in your, right here. Anybody felt insecure ever before? Okay, just five of you. I'm going to speak to the five. Insecurity is, is something so powerful that much like fear, insecurity can paralyze you emotionally and spiritually. The most wonderful, put together, beautiful people, but if they're insecure, can be totally paralyzed emotionally and spiritually. The most high achieving people with lack of confidence and insecurity can be totally paralyzed because insecurity much like fear will totally stop you dead in your track. It's amazing that you will see the most beautiful people. You watch them on reality TV talking about they got curly hair. Oh, I wish I had straight hair. If they have straight hair, I wish I had those curls. For the brothers that got the bald spots, I wish I had that hairline. And now they're trying to attach it. They're implanting now. <laughs> My brother, you know what I'm talking about. I'm sure you've got requests already. With glue. If if it's not one thing, it's the other. And insecurity will manifest itself in self-doubt. You will begin to doubt yourself when, when you're insecure and you lack confidence. You will begin to compare yourself with everyone that you see. Why don't I have that? Why don't I look like that? Look at everything I'm doing and still I'm not seeing the result. I've been doing the same amount of things. You begin to do this thing of comparison and it begins to paralyze you. And also you sense a need to compete for everything at every moment of your life because of a lack of confidence, insecurity. Now, does anybody, by the way, am I talking to the right people? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right. It's amazing that insecurity, there's levels to this thing. And some struggle with more, uh, with one area more than the other. There is insecurities that are based on recent failures and rejection. Anybody ever been there? You lack confidence because a lot of times we... We look for our confidence and our identity to be tied to achievement and things going well. The problem is when our identity is tied to our achievements and things going well, what happens when we get hit with failure and rejection? We begin to identify ourselves with failure and rejection. So then we miss the point of failure. Failure is an opportunity for us to learn a new lesson. 
I'm going to say it again. Failure are always opportunities for us to learn new lessons. But when you lack confidence and you're insecure, what begins to happen when, you, when, when failure and rejection hits you, you begin to identify yourself and you don't look as a failure as an event. You look at it as a destination and you begin to say words like, I am a failure. Not simply, I failed in this area. You begin to say, I am a failure. And so that begins to take over your identity. Then you have a second realm uh, of insecurity, and that's a lack of confidence because of social anxiety. You lack confidence whenever you're in public. You lack confidence when you come to church. You lack confidence when you go to parties. You lack confidence when you're at work because perhaps you were bullied in middle school. Perhaps you were bullied in high school. Or perhaps you had some parents that were always pressing you to become the most popular and to become the person that was most known. And so what that began to cause within you is a lack of confidence because of the pressure of living up to somebody else's expectation. So you you, you form this social anxiety now the problem with that insecurity is that it ultimately creates isolation because you want to avoid going to in public because you want to avoid going into a crowd what begins to happen is then you begin to form a world all within yourself and in isolation and anytime you are isolated you hinder yourself from growing Anytime you are isolated, it's an opportunity for you to say, okay, let me break out of this, let me learn from this, and let me, str- and let me come out of this season of isolation and grow in community. But the problem is when you're in isolation, you hinder and limit your growth in God, you, you uh, limit and hinder your relationship with people in one way or another. You will find yourself suffering and silence all alone, all by yourself. Not because there are no people around you. Not because uh, there, there aren't people at church that love you and care for you. Not because there are co-workers that want to support you. Be because you within yourself have formed an idea in your mind that no one loves me. I do not belong. Uh, I've always been bullied. I've always been looked at the outcast. So you form this identity of isolation. I'm teaching here today. Then there is another realm of insecurity, and that's the insecurity driven by perfectionism. Perhaps you were the one that, that they put that ultimate pressure on you to do everything right, and you were abused, and you were hurt and, and if you didn't do something right, and you were beat, and you were mistreated if you didn't do something right. So what that began to form in you is a need to hyperactively do everything perfectly, and there is nothing wrong with excellence, but when you feel the need to do everything perfect, you are always going to hit a wall because nothing in life is perfect. Can I deliver somebody today? Your wife is not perfect. Your husband is not perfect. Your church is not perfect. Your pastor is not perfect. Your leaders are not perfect. Your community is not perfect. So you will always hit a wall because of perfectionism. And what begins to happen is when you start failing and when you don't do something right or imperfectly, then your identity begins to collapse and fall and you're hindered the beautiful thing am I doing all right am I teaching am I speaking to anybody the beautiful thing about God thank you Lord is that with all of our insecurities thank you with all of our brokenness with all of our weaknesses 
with all of our vulnerabilities because God knows where we're limited. God knows where we're imperfect. God knows our issues. God knows all of these things about our hearts. You may want to front and put up a facade for everyone else, but God knows the intention of your heart. He knows these issues. The beautiful thing about God is that we can come to him with flaws and all. I wish I had somebody that would say, God, thank you that I could come to you with my brokenness, with my issues, with my weaknesses, with my vulnerabilities. Prove it, Pastor. Look at what the scripture, I'll prove it to you by the Bible. The Bible says Jesus was speaking to the apostle Paul and he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. In, in, in the midst of your weakness, a, a lack of confidence, insecurity, God's power can be manifested in your life. He says, my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulty. For when I am weak then I am strong. It's the same words that is declared in the book of Joel. Let the weak say I am strong. So yes, you are imperfect. Yes, you got issues. Yes, you got some things going on there. But the beautiful thing is that you can come to Jesus just as you are. And the amazing thing is that he doesn't leave you as you are. You can come to him as you are, but he won't leave you as you are. It's an amazing thing that we see all throughout scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. There were people that would have been disqualified in the eyes of men. There were people that couldn't speak and, and presented pretexts and excuses to God. God, I'm not able to serve you. I can't talk. God, I don't have the qualifications. God, nobody in my family is a prophet or a son of a prophet. I can't do this. Nobody in my family is saved. Nobody, I, don't, I don't have the knowledge. I don't have, I don't have the, 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 the achievements. I don't have the degrees. I don't have the diploma. All throughout scriptures, you see men and women before the eyes of men would have been called weak, disqualified, imperfect with issues, but God said, I can use those people. Here is the issue. Is it all right if I tell you where the issue is? Can I, can I, can I speak to you today? The problem is God always intended for us to bring our vulnerabilities, weaknesses, issues, pains, hurts, flaws and all he always intended it for us to bring it to his feet hmm. the problem is when we take our problems vulnerabilities weakness weaknesses pain to people who have as much if not more issues than us and instead of going to the creator and saying, God, here are my weaknesses, we go to people who are as jacked up and say, here are my weaknesses. And we begin to form what are called soul ties. Soul ties are linkages, connections. It's something that binds you to someone or something in the, in the realm of the soul. Let me break down what the soul is. Every person in, in here has a soul. I don't care if your girlfriend told you, you don't have a soul. You do have a soul. Or your boyfriend told you, you don't have a, you do have a soul. God gave you a soul. Let me tell you what a soul is. Uh, and if you're taking notes and you're being studious, let me throw this at you. The soul is the, is the, is the mind, will, intellect, and emotion of a person. 
See, God created us. The Bible says we're the temple. I'm going to be doing some teaching. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So just like in a temple or in a sanctuary, there are many rooms. We have the outer shell, which is the physical body. This is the physical realm. This gets hungry. Then we have a spiritual realm because God created us to have a spirit, and that spirit is what connects with God. He gave us. The Bible declares that when he made man, he breathed breath into his nostrils. That breath is the spirit of a person. And so we're not, we're not human flesh with a spirit. We are spirits with the flesh. I'm going to leave that for another teaching. I hope that you can just follow me along. And he also gave us a mind, will, intellect, and he gave us emotions. And God wants to deal with every room of your house. It's not just the spirit, and it's not just the body, but it's the mind, will, intellect. That's why in the Bible you will always find scriptures that deal with the mind, that even talk about the emotion because it doesn't neglect emotion, that always talks about renewing the mind. It talks about the battlefield that happens in the mind. So here's what happens. Because we have a soul, our soul is meant to connect with other people. Our soul is tied to circumstances and things. And so here we are with our issues, with our flaws. The problem is when we go to these people and these things with issues, Ah. And we begin to create soul ties with people that are not godly, with people that have an ultimate intent to want to hurt you, with people as much as they tell you to their face, I'm your ride or die, I'm with you, I'm never going to leave you. As soon as it pop off, they're going to leave you. I wish I had somebody in this place that would just, can I, can I talk real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, the one that said... I will never leave you, baby. <laughs> y'all, don't want me, y'all don't want me to talk real in this place. That's right. I got an online church that's viewing me right now. I might be speaking to you. We begin to form these linkages, not only with people, with things. Now, soul ties are not within themselves bad things. That's why the Bible, and I'm going to be, again, I'm doing some teaching here. Uh, 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 these soul ties are not necessarily bad within themselves. It's about what we connect to or who we connect to. That's why the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, a threefold cord is not easily broken because when you have ties with godly people you can't be broken a soul tie we see in the scripture when God puts a man and a woman together he tells them for this reason a man shall leave father and mother shall cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh you form soul ties with your spouse with your mate you become one you're connected mentally emotionally physically and spiritually and so you cleave and you begin to form these soul ties so they within themselves they're not a bad thing and even the scripture talks about friendships and wonderful godly people that God will place in your path. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 1, talking about uh, David and Jonathan, they were brothers, they were friends. The Bible says, and it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, the soul, watch this, the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David and Jonathan loved them as his own soul. So we begin to form ties with people, whether you knew it or not. From the beginning of your life, 
from conception, birth, delivery, from when you were little to now, you form bonds and ties with people. Now, what is the problem with soul ties? Pastor, I'm so glad that you asked. The problem with soul ties is that if you have soul ties with the wrong things and the wrong people, your identity will be distorted, will be blurred, will be hindered, and you will feel like you're worthless. You will live with guilt. You will live with shame. You will believe that God cannot use you because you have made soul ties with things that are holding you back. That's why 10 years later, you broke up with that joker and you still wonder and talk about why am I still thinking about them? Because you have a soul tie. So here you are 10 years later, still replaying that one night you were with that person. And you're in a relationship now, a godly person, and you're over here, man. I remember back in the man. That's right. Why? And God is calling you to live free, to move on, to let go of those things that once held you bound, and you're here still thinking about what was and, and what this person said and what this person did, and you begin to form these soul ties, and you're here up in church on Sunday. And the reason you can't lift your hand is because you, you're feeling it and you're sensing it and God is working, but there's something that won't let you. The problem with soul ties is that it will leave you in ultimate isolation. The problem with soul ties is that God would have given you a bright future and a bright promise, but you will always get close to it, but not to the final destination because you are being held back. Why am I still struggling in relationships? Why am I not seeing the fruit? Here we are, because when you come on Sunday, you feel the power and the presence of the Lord, and you begin to sing the songs, and you begin to listen to the message, and you leave like, man, I'm so glad that I came here. And then when you get back home, because you're still doing the same things with the same people, See, the soul, there's gates to the soul, the eyes and the ears, what you're repeating to yourself, what you are watching, what you are listening to, the people that you are connecting to, the conversation that you are having, all of these things form these ties. And here you are six months later, and, you, and you're complaining to God, God, I ain't seen you do nothing in my life. Because you're here on Sunday, but there's six other days that you yourself, you're lifting your hands and you listen to the message and you're saying, I'm leaving no change, praise the Lord, but when I get in my car, and when I get home, and then a year later, God, I'm not seeing you do anything in my life. Today is the day. I'm declaring this by faith in the name of Jesus because the time has come 
for you to completely sever ties with every insecurity, with every fear, with everything that's ever held you bound, with the things, the lies of the past, with the thoughts that you will not make it, with the thoughts that says you're not worthy, that says you won't make it. You have got to break those ties today. Today is your day. Why don't you look at somebody and tell them today is your day. Today is your day. That's why you came to this place. I see my timer going down. Let me teach this quickly. Because today we're going to break some stuff. I said today we're going to break some stuff. Listen, if you want to stay stuck, you can listen by all means. But I want to know if I have some people that are tired of being tired. Some people say, I need to move on. I need to let go. I want to see all that God has promised me. And so I want to give you some keys here today. In the book of Luke, I'm feeling this thing here. I'm feeling this thing here. In the book of Luke chapter 15. Let me give you some context. Chapter 14, Jesus performs a miracle on a man who had an affliction on his body. And so the Pharisees, the religious people, you know religious people always got a problem. (laughs) Religious people, they were questioning him. And they were, in fact, uh, opposing him because of what he had done because he was performing a miracle on the Sabbath, on the day that people weren't supposed to do anything. No miracles could happen. You couldn't work. You couldn't do anything. And so the Pharisees come to him, and because he knew their hearts, he asked them. He begins to tell them, share with them in parables, which are stories, anecdotes. And he begins to share with them from the book of uh, Luke chapter 14 all the way all throughout the uh, chapter 15. He's sharing stories about the value of one person. The value of an individual. He's saying, listen, you have a problem with me healing somebody on the Sabbath, but I want to let you know the reason I'm doing that is because God values them and loves them, don't matter what day of the week it is. And so he's confronting them, but in such a loving way because he's sharing these stories so they can catch it because, you know, Jesus was a little bit deep. He said, let me, let me break this thing down for you. And so in chapter 15, he's listing parables, and now we find ourselves in the parable of what's called the prodigal son because, remember, the context is he's teaching on the value of a person's identity because you have value, because you are loved, because you are called by God, because you have purpose. He wants to tell you about a person's value, and so in Luke chapter 15... Jesus is sharing a parable. Let's throw that up on the screen. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. We're going to read to verse 24. Let's go. It says, Jesus continued, and there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, give me my share of estate. So he divided his property between them. You got to understand, this young man was asking for his inheritance. When do you get inheritances? Huh? When somebody dies. So here he is, alive and well. In fact, the Bible says the younger one. We don't know his age, but we can approximate and calculate that he was fairly young. And so here he is, not even close to when he's supposed to get his inheritance. But he's saying to his father, give me my inheritance. I want it now. In other words, he was saying, I would, be, I would prefer that you were dead. Let me get my money. So he's asking a father who we see his character afterwards. But you know, when you start, when you start uh, 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 getting outside of your identity, you start stepping outside of character. You start doing things. You start saying things. 
You start connecting with people. You start putting yourself in scenarios and situations. Okay. So he's saying, give me my share. The Bible says not long after that, the younger son got together. All he had set off for a distant country. So, so now, not only did he get his money, not only did he say, I wish you were dead, because he's, he's like, I, I want to do my own thing. He had an identity already, but he's like, I want to find my, you know, people, I want to just find who I am. He's like, I want to discover who I am. I want to go abroad. And so, and so he says, let me go into a distant land. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter how far you go, you can't run from yourself. I just wanted to, okay. The younger son got together all he had for a distant country and then he squandered. <laughs> he lost. He wasted. He mishandled his wealth. What does the Bible say? In what? Are you reading it? It says in what? In wild living. If the Bible telling you something is wild, Oh, it's wild, baby. I mean, he was lit, lit. I'm sorry, he was turning up, turning up. I, I, the Bible doesn't get into the details, but you can just, listen, put a blank there for wild living. Whatever you imagine in your head while living, that's what he was doing. Because see, when you step outside of your identity in God, you will find yourself in scenarios doing things that you never imagined. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine that hit the whole country, and he began to be in need. Someone say he hit rock bottom. Anybody ever hit rock bottom? <laughs> so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Listen to me, a man that had a house, a man that belonged somewhere, a man that had an identity, now was wanting to eat with pigs. You may say that's crazy, I would never, but here you are, broke, busted, and disgusted because of the decisions you made. I would never eat with pigs. Then what you call homegirl and homeboy? Okay, I'm... <laughs> Watch this. The Bible says, when he came to his senses, he said to himself, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. When he came to his what? His senses. Let me give you this first thing. In order for us to break these ties, the first thing you've got to do is recognize. Someone say recognize. If you are in denial, you will never see change in your life. I got two amens on that. I'm going to say it again. When you are in denial, you will never see change in your life. When denial is in play, a person simply refuses to recognize the truth no matter how apparent the truth is. When a person is in denial, that which is denied cannot be healed. You know what denial is. 
You're hearing from God. He's speaking to you in his word. Your godly friends are telling you, stop doing that. Don't go there. Stop having that conversation. Don't do that. But we say, it's all, what we, it's all good. You know what that's called? Denial. You know you're going out a little too much. Listen, I've got it under control. Denial. You're spending a little too much on... See, denial looks like this. Don't worry about me. I don't need help. I'm okay. You know how I know this? Because I've been in denial many times in my life. Usually it's my wife telling me stuff, and I'm like, I got it. You know what that's called? Yeah. You can't overcome in an area that you deny. So as long as you believe that's not a problem... God is calling you to move forward, but to you, I'm okay with this chain. I'm okay in bondage. I'm okay not letting go of a relationship of that person that hurt me 15 years ago, five months, two days, and approximately six hours. But I'm okay. This habit that I've had all my life, I've got it under control. See, you've got to recognize. The Bible said that this man came to his senses. You've got to come to your senses today. You've got to realize that there's more for you. You've, get, you've got to realize that God has better for you. But God, but God, I will never find somebody to love me the way that person. Oh, trust me, baby. He got someone way better than what you've ever experienced. But God, I'll never find a job like that one. I want to tell you he's got a job way better than the one you had before. But God, I'm going to be all by myself all my life. The devil is a liar. You've got to recognize that there's better for you. He recognized there's better for me. I'm here eating with pigs. I'm here with nothing. You've got to come to your senses. The second thing that he had to do is renounce. Are you still with me? Well, I'm running through this quickly. The second thing he had to do was renounce. Look at what the Bible says. It says in verse 18, I will set out and go back. To my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. He renounced. He turned. He repented. He let go of the current situation that he was in. To renounce means to formally declare one's abandonment of a claim right or possession when you renounce something what you're doing is rejecting it or stop using it or stop consuming it when you are when you are renouncing something you are refusing or resigning a right or position can i tell somebody today by the spirit there are some people that you have to evict from your heart there are some circumstances that you have to kick out of the rooms in your heart you know how, how long you've been holding on to that? That thing, that situation has had so much real estate in your heart. It's time you serve it in eviction notice. It's time for you to say enough 
is enough. I wish I had somebody that had a spirit to say enough is enough. You've got to get to the place where you say, I'm tired of this. I've got to renounce it. I've got to let it go. I've got to release it. I've got to cancel that. And when you renounce it, you don't, you don't, you don't release it or renounce it into the universe. <laughs> you renouncing and releasing, I let this go to the universe in the energy of the skies. <laughs> that don't do nothing, baby. Can I give you the key? Can I give you the key? The Bible says, come to me, all who are burdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The place that we go to find our rest, the place that we release and renounce, the place that we let it go, it's called, it's a specific place, the foot of the cross of Jesus. Because it was at that cross that he went through the pain, that he was battered, that he was beaten so that he can demonstrate his love for you. So at that place spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. That's the place where you release it. But you've got to renounce it yourself. Can I tell you? Nobody can cut this for you. Pastor, can you pray for me and cut these? Mm-mm. Someone say, mm-mm. <laughs> if I come to group, are they going to? That's why, that's why I'm going to teach you something. That's why the frustration comes. But I've been going to group three, four months, and I'm not seeing anything. See, you go to group, but then when you go back, you've got to renounce. You've got to release. You've got to, you've got to do it. The, God has already saved you. He's already delivered you. The Bible says he's giving you power, love, and a sound mind. The Bible says that when his spirit indwelled you, he gave you power and authority. No one is going to cut the cord for you. No one is going to break the chain for you. You've got to renounce it yourself. The Bible says, he said, I will go back to my true identity. And let me give you this last thing. After you renounce, you've got to renew. Look at what the verses say following. But while he was still a long way, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. He was expecting condemnation. He was expecting a beatdown. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about? Like when you done... When you don't, <laughs> you're expecting condemnation. And the Bible says that the father received them, threw his arms around them, and kissed them. Then the son, before he even said, the father said anything, he said, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But here it is. The father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. In other words, let's celebrate. Let's have a feast for the son of mine. Notice he didn't say the servant of mine. Notice he didn't say this worthless piece of trash. Notice he didn't say this good for nothing. He said this son of mine was dead and now is alive he was lost and now is found so he began to celebrate after you cut you've got to renew your thinking 
That's why the Bible declares in Romans chapter 12, be transformed by the what? The renewal of your mind. So you can be delivered, set free, but as long as you are still thinking you're the same person, as long as you are still believing that you are still bound, as long as you are thinking and still the, the patterns and the cycles of your mind just remind you of your past, you will still stay in the same place. And as long as you keep saying this, I'm not worthy, Lord. I'm not worth anything, Lord. You will never discover your true identity. Can I tell you, you're a daughter. You are a son. You are beloved. You are called with God according to purpose. The Bible declares that you are kings and queens and priests for his glory. The Bible declares that you have been called to his marvelous light. The Bible declares that you are salt, in fact, and light of the world. The Bible declares that you are more precious than silver and gold. The value on your life, there is no comparison to it. I don't care what people have said to you. I don't care how people have degraded you. I don't care what your parents spoke over your life. I'm here to declare the word of the Lord over you, and I'm here to tell you that you are beloved, that you are called with purpose, that you are a person that God has given a vision for this time you are called to be the head and not the tail you are called to be above and not beneath you are not the scum of the earth you are the light of the earth you've got to renew your thinking and so today is the day that you say I'm cutting this off because you've been holding on to this for too long been holding on to those old habits for too long. Been holding on to those old relationships for too long. Been holding on to isolation, depression. You're holding on to it. Today is the day for you to let it go. Would you just look at somebody and tell them, let it go today. Let it, oh my God, I wish I, can you tell them with some, matter of fact, can you shake that person's hand beside you with confidence and to tell them today is your day, today is a new day for you. Can, can you prophesy and preach and help me to the person beside you and tell them you are a new creation. You're not bound by your past any longer. You are, is there anybody that is grateful today and that would say, God, I thank you that you make me new. I don't know about you, but it's time to let it go. Just like that, Pastor? Yes, just like that. Just in the same way that you make up a decision consciously to do the same things you've been doing and you end up doing it, if you just switch the perspective in the mindset and go God's way, <laughs> just like that. One decision could change the course of your life. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling this thing. Somebody's life is about to be different. <laughs> I say you're leaving this place totally different. <laughs> because you thought it was other people holding you down. It wasn't other people, baby. <laughs> you thought it was the pastor trying to hold you down. It's not the... Is there anybody that will make that commitment today? I want to know if I have some bold people today that would say, I'm making that decision today. Let me keep it totally, keep your hand up, because we're going to make a, 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 take a stance boldly and affirming today. Can I tell you, even as a pastor, 
After all these years serving the Lord, I still have to renounce things in my life. When I see some things creeping up in my life, I'm like, oh, that's not the Lord. Where did that come from? See, because those things, as much as you try to hide it, it will always come back up. Circumstances will force it to come back up and you'll find yourself, why, why am I acting like my mother and, and, and that's the person I dislike? Oh, the person that I want to be least like is my father, but why am I acting like them? Because there are ties. But today in the name of Jesus, we're breaking every generational curse. Keep your hand lifted. Keep your hand lifted. In the name of Jesus, we break every generational curse. I need my prayer warriors and my intercessors and my worshipers right now to activate every negative word that's been spoken over your life. Every curse that's been put on you by even your family, that friendship that you had in the past, and you're still struggling with that because you're still thinking about that. For every bully that ever hurt you, for every person that ever put their hands on you, for the abuse and for the mistreatment, I cancel now in the spirit realm, and I declare that I renounce you from that thing, that circumstance, in the name of Jesus, I sever every tie every lie of the devil in the name of Jesus I feel a mighty presence in this place I'm going to war for somebody in this place once again much love and appreciation for listening to today's message I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience but let me tell you there's nothing like the live experience it cannot be explained only experienced and so i encourage you to come out on a sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community you can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org also make sure to follow us we're on instagram facebook and twitter our handle is at myhopecenter i also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content make sure to share it with your friends and your family there's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages so make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the hope huddle podcast so again i hope to see you soon until then peace love and god bless